What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. It's the Between the Ropes podcast. I'm Brian Fritz. He is Connor Casey. Neither of us have been in Madison Square Garden for the overabundance of WWE programming this past week, but we will be talking about Raw and SmackDown from the Garden. Plus, we've got a WWE event, pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it, coming up on Sunday. In It's still technically a pay-per-view because you pay for the network in order to view it. That is true. I, I like the way you, how you explain that. But Clash of Champions, don't use the the in that uh, pay-per-view. And uh, plus, we've got uh, more wrestling coming to TV beginning next week. Because that is when NXT will begin airing on the USA Network, and um, but only half, but only half of it because of the suits. That's right. So WWE moves NXT to USA Network, but the first two weeks, only the first hour will air on USA. The second hour will be on WWE Network because it's the final two episodes ever of Suits, which actually does pretty good ratings, I believe, for USA Network. You mean the show nobody talked about until Meghan Markle got hitched? Uh, yeah, that's the show, basically. Yeah, that show. <laughs> yeah, that's the show. I mean, I've seen ads for it, but I've never yeah, watched you it. Yeah, because you watch Raw. Right. I've and seen I, ads for Chris Lee Knows Best. I don't know a soul who watches that show either. I know one person that watches it, and I admonish him every time that he admits it, he watches it. Um, and I he do think less of him. Best. He knows tax fraud. He does, and he's going to be knowing what it's going to feel like to be in a 10 by 10 cell here pretty soon. Uh, Tax fraud or was it something else ridiculous? Tax fraud and uh, uh, other ways to defraud the government, I believe. And then plus, it doesn't exactly help when one of the allegations against you is that you were going to blackmail your daughter about a sex tape in order to keep her hushed from not testifying against you um, uh, in court in uh, helping out the government in their case. So we pull the Kardashian. Basically, yeah. Gotcha. So, that's, I mean, it's a well, family squabble. Yeah, it's very terrible. I mean, it's horrible if you really think about it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, quite the reality show that is. I'm Quite honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that that TV show is still on the air. But uh, I guess USA Network feels like they've got enough to uh, let that keep going. Whatever. Let's, let's get to uh, let's get to other terrible programming on USA Network. Well, you know, oh my goodness. Well, I will say this though: the program that aired Monday night for three hours from uh, eight to eleven Eastern, otherwise known as Monday Night Raw, 
I did not think it was a terrible show, and I thought it was a really fun show, and it's probably one of the better episodes of Raw that we've seen in a while. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd say years or whatever, but there, there's something about the show the other night that really felt like um, it didn't feel like it was three hours long, and it felt like there was a, there was a lot of good stuff on that show. It was okay. It, it had some bright spots. I'll tell you what I missed was, if you recall, when they used to go to the Garden, they had to redo the entrance set because of the way the arena was set up. So it was this really long, narrow entrance walkway with a screen that was behind it, and it faced the hard cam. So you always were looking at it throughout the show. And I was like, wow, this is actually something that makes the show look different. And every time they were at MSG, you knew it because, oh, hey, that weird setup is going on. This time it's like, oh, other than when they pan up to look at the roof, I can't tell this is MSG. And that kind of sucks. Yeah, there was nothing that really stood out about it. And and here's the thing, too. I get it. Madison Square Garden has always been, in in the past, a big deal. It is... Uh, it's been a huge deal when it comes to the history of WWE and WWF and WWWF and, you know, Ring of Honor, New Japan made a big deal about doing a show there earlier this year. But if you're sitting at home and you're watching that show, does it really matter if they're doing it for Madison Square Garden or not? Could You could have told me it was at the Barclays and for 95% of that show, I would have believed you. I mean, I get that they want to hold on to history and everything but at the same time it's just like what what is too much what what is making this stand out and special from the home audience uh because it's not like we're in a stadium of 60 70,000 people we're not doing something like that there's, there's there's the vibe is the same that you get at any other show like you said you're not wrong and it felt like this felt like they were just trying to bring back MSG not because they needed to, not because it would help business, but because other people were starting to get in on their home turf and they needed to reestablish themselves with that arena. It, it felt like the, oh, your, your ex-girlfriend uh, is seeing somebody else and that makes you jealous and want her back, even though you weren't crazy about her there at the end. I will say this, as much as uh, we heard about blood and guts about one promotion, WWE might have to rebrand itself as the uh, the raunchy cursing product because we got plenty of that on both Raw and SmackDown. With, and I, Randy, I'm, or Randy Orton's a little potty mouth. He is a potty mouth. And <laughs> Well, look at what AJ Styles did. I mean, it's one thing for Stone Cold Steve Austin, who does like to use the phrase some bitch a lot, but when AJ Styles is out there and rehashing the crowd chanting asshole at everybody i was like wow what's going on here my favorite part of that was when he just turns and goes why don't you shut up steve <laughs> no between that and when he did the stone cold impression while he before he came down the ramp and he oh, was the like the whole time i'm looking at that going you know gallows is right here and he does a perfect one what the hell i know i mean the next time we talk to gallows or anderson or even aj we'll have to see how they uh they grade each other on their stone cold <laughs> impressions or their Howard Finkel impression. The Finkel one is classic. Oh my it, God, it's perfect. That that one is, and, and Fink was there at the show backstage. People were taking pictures with him, you know? Uh, he was. So yeah, I mean, Austin being on the show, and I know people make the argument, and, and you're right in this, in that when you bring back a star the level of Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you put him on this show in the role that he was on, that 
it it really separates what a a huge superstar feels like compared to what the current roster is because there's tons of talent, but there's there's a, just a different level because we're talking about superstar and an icon status basically. And exactly, you've got Austin out and, there, and people talk about does he overshadow others? Yeah, he does. But you know what? He's not out there every week. And I thought it was fun just to see Stone Cold Steve Austin out there. And guess what? He filled the role. He set his lines. He gave AJ Styles. He gave the bad guy a stunner. And, uh, you know, at the end of the night, he came back out. He did it again. And he drank some beers. You're not wrong. He did what he was there, what he was supposed to do. But it's law of diminishing returns. We've seen Austin on WWE television quite a bit over this summer. And I think the ratings reflected that. We lo- it went down 15% compared to what it did last week. And you, I know, I know, Monday Night Football, doubleheader. They were going up against stiff competition. But they brought back Austin for this reason, to try and combat that in some respect. But here's the thing. Austin began the show. Uh, there was no hint that he was going to be back out there for the final segment of the show. And, and look what happened to the ratings. And the ratings that third hour was Phew. like 1.8 million viewers, yeah. I believe it was. Lo- lowest rated Raw outside of, like, there was one in June and last Christmas and New Year's Eve. Yeah. And, and the thing was, not only were they going up against Monday Night Football and the first game of the year, and there was actually a double header for the opening week. And but a that, really good first game. That was a hell of a game that came down to the wire between the Saints and the Texans, where literally the lead changed hands three times in the final minutes, including a field goal as time expired to win the game. And it was from 57 yards. It's like this ridiculous field goal, you know? So it was an amazing game. And after the perfect final drive from Drew Brees. Just, oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I had that on in the background. That was obscene. Well, even before that, the Texans drove the whole distance of the field on two plays to score a touchdown and take the lead, which was unreal. I was like, what are these guys doing out here? And it was it was an awesome game to watch. So, I mean, you're going up against that. I, I think everybody was a little bit surprised by the ratings drop. And like I said, Austin came out for that last segment of the show and nobody knew he was going to come out for that. I don't know if that really would have changed anybody's minds, but it, I think it just shows like you can bring a stone cold out there. They had a good show. I think from top to bottom, there's a lot of really good wrestling on the show, but there needs to be something more and there has to be more consistency with what you do. I mean, this, if you want to use that as a building block when it comes to a formula for a show that I think people are going to like more. Yeah. It didn't get reflected in that third hour when it came to ratings, but I would sit there and look at that show in a whole going, yeah, you know, take out the stone cold part, but everything else around it, I thought they had pretty good storylines. I thought you had really strong matches on the show. Use that as kind of your building block and see where you go with that, you know, but that, that should be your formula going forward for that show. You're not wrong. When Austin music hit, it felt like a moment, you know, in the, the crowd reaction him just stomping out to the ring and giving his first pose on the second turnbuckle. But you compare that to hell, even when Roman Reigns came out and there's just not the same feel there. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's something they got to work on. But we've been saying that for years. How much did the cameraman have fun in trying to shoot Stone Cold Steve Austin, but not get the middle finger, like only shoot him from like palms down, which was (laughs) trying to do that all night and then 
trying to hit the censor button and decide what they're going to do with that. They didn't even censor AJ, um, you know, when he started, you know, saying, hey, the crowd's calling you a-hole. Or even Austin said that at first, you know. So I was like, man, they're they're not even censoring these guys, man. That's pretty crazy. But, you know. Well, it was like when out of nowhere, Corey Graves a couple weeks ago just yells, holy shit. Right. When they did the big crash. They don't believe it. They just let it go. And it was like, what the hell was that? I know what it is. They never did it again. Paul Heyman is now in charge of Raw. That's what that is. <laughs> but I, I will say this, though. The one thing that really uh, got amplified in that segment to me, or at least the beginning of that show was, it wasn't too long ago where people talked about AJ Styles, a great in-ring performer. But, you know, everything else, you know, it's kind of a, a work in progress or it's, you know, not maybe up to snuff with some of the other people. AJ Styles, heel performer is out there. I mean, he did everything you could on a mic. That was great, I thought. I'm like, this whole adage of, well, AJ's still not good on the mic and stuff like that. I think he's proved everybody wrong that he can cut a promo. He can have fun, especially when he's a heel. He really embraces it a lot more. And I think it's easier to play around with it more when you're a heel as well. But I think it just goes to show, like, look at AJ Styles now and the all-around performer he is in WWE when some people were worried that this dude was going to fail um, you know, going, you know, to this company uh, a few years ago. I think you can go back to even his TNA days. And when he was a heel, he could cut loose. When he wasn't a heel, he felt kind of stilted a little bit. Right. Like he, he, he had to hold back. He's not holding back now. And as, it's a lot of fun. As long as he wasn't trying to do a cheap nature boy, Ric Flair gimmick in TNA, uh, then he was pretty good. When they the did only that. good Ric Flair into it. No imitation. You know where I'm going. It was Jay Lethal. That's the only one. The only one. Not even to, Nature, Nature to Boy be, Buddy Lantel. To be shut up. <laughs> they had really good wrestling on Monday night too, though. I mean, you had that triple threat match with Baron Corbin winning for King of the Ring and yeah. stealing a victory. And that the the women's tag team match overall was good. Um, they they just had some, uh, you know. They did uh, Cedric against AJ was was uh, good as well. The the Rey Mysterio Grand Metalik it was short, but it was good. the The weird thing was at the end of the show when they did the ten men tag, and the crowd for whatever reason just said, "Hey, let's start chanting CM Punk and do the wave." Um, and you could see some of the guys like on the apron going, "Uh, what the hell is going on here?" But um, well, it it was a match that had no stakes. Like, yeah, it's cool. We got we got ten people in here, but you know. These two tag teams are kind of feuding with each other, but there's nothing really behind that. We'll probably get a, we're going to get AJ Cedric on Sunday, and we've got the Braun Seth stuff, whatever they've got planned for that. That's that. That was kind of it. We we're like, okay, we know this has no consequence, so why do we care? The one thing they did do right, though, in that match, is they did the right ending, and that they had Cedric beat AJ office finisher yeah i will give them that because yeah there wasn't much stakes in that match and that match was that was a long ass match it was like a 30 minute match or something that they did but you know they they did the right finish for it and then you had you had austin at the end and do his stone cold stuff so i'll give him credit for that but i i thought it was a good show on one and i hope they build off that you know smackdown you know they're back at the garden um, SmackDown had me cr- had me scratching my head a couple times. Oh, absolutely! I mean, the- what, what in the fresh hell was that Mandy Rose promo? Oh, 
I don't know. I mean, Mandy Rose talking about how Nikki is ugly. Which- I'm beautiful, and she's ugly. Who wrote that? Are we in sixth grade? Or, I mean, are we are we six years old? I mean, what is going on? I mean, do they not have female writers on that staff? Well, because yeah, if they have female writers, can the female writers, I don't know, write for the females on the show? So here's the thing. When you have Sonya Deville saying she wants to have an LGBT storyline at some point on the show, and all the fans kind of ease back a little and go, I don't know if we can trust WWE to handle something like that and not offend literally everyone. This is why. That promo on Tuesday was a perfect example of why we don't trust them to come up with something that doesn't offend everyone. I mean, I get that it's a basic storyline and something. It's, hey, I'm a heel, so I can get away with saying that. But it's just like, guys. You talk about how, like, you know, cultivated and sophisticated you are. I'm like, that <laughs> you're not that was, properly, that, uh, you know, displaying women when it comes to that standpoint. I mean, how many times is it that women are, you know, the bratty women, the, you know, the catty women, you know, stuff like that. Just like, can we, can we come up with something a little bit different, evolve a little bit more when it comes to what women are going to say here? And if you want to have the gimmick be Mandy's hot and she knows she's more attractive than everybody else on the roster. Okay. But don't go a little, go a little bit further with that. Right. It doesn't need to be go. No man will ever want you when everyone knows that Nikki is married. Like that's, that is not a secret. But even even She's if you married don't, to a big old hairy slab of meat, right? She is. But even if you didn't even explain that, I mean, there there are there are better ways to do it without you know going down to this level of you might have cooties, so I don't want to touch you, which yeah. it, it feels like in a lot of ways. It's like, come on, man, you, you could do better than that. Uh, they Randy Orton. Did, did what, you what? like? Did you like that they ran that back? The the table thing. I had no problem with it. I mean, I think we all saw it coming. I was kind of like, you know, it was so like no one saw it coming when it happened the first time that came out of nowhere. And you're like, what the hell? And it was such a cool spot. There was spontaneity to it. And when they just re ran it, I was kind of like, you had nothing else. I mean, New Day was, I mean, the storyline with Xavier and Big E not even touched. We haven't seen them, and they're supposed to have a match on Sunday. I know. And, and you don't do anything like that. You couldn't have done the inverted version of that, where Randy's the one putting Kofi through a table doing something? Well, we almost didn't get any version of it because the table didn't cooperate, and they broke yeah, one. Was, and they had to try and say, they're going, oh, the force of that push-off broke the table. I like that they, like... like yeah, sure it did. Yeah, Kofi, like, paused and looked around, and I was like, dude, does he, like, have to find a table someplace else like does what are they gonna to, do does he have to take those giant lights off that one table and use that and i'm thinking those things are bright as hell and really hot don't do that yeah but i mean luckily the right out of camera's view there was another table set up over there and it made it all work and he had to jump out a little bit farther which you know and plus he landed right on his feet so he was just like woohoo put him right through a table and i landed clean so that was pretty nice uh oh by the way you mentioned the lights 
How weird was that or some different? The Eric Rowan Roman Reigns fight where they used the jib camera. <laughs> See, but I actually liked that. I did. I did. Because it's a callback to Rowan is using all this backstage equipment to try and kill Roman. And yes. he's still doing that. Yes. I like that. Yeah, that was that was that was really good. Uh, and it's something different. I mean, say what you will if you want to buy into Eric Rowan and uh, whatever he was trying to say in that promo. Uh, they're trying to do the intelligent giant thing with him, and I mean, he actually has a bit of delivery to help to help bring that out. Uh, you got to give him that. Whether oh. or not they're actually going to give him the opportunity to show it, good question. Because. Roman cut him off before he was trying to get to a point. You, you know what's amazing about that, too? And I'm glad that Eric Rowan is getting some opportunities because he's been there for a while, and I think he, is, he just wants his, his chance to show what he can do. Yeah. But you know who else could fit in that role that they never really gave that opportunity to? And Luke Harper. Lucas Harper? Yes. Luke Harper has proven that that dude could talk, that he can work, all these different things. It's just like... I'm very happy for for Rowan that he's getting that, but I'm like, damn, you guys had Luke Harper there forever. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus i think the weirder thing when it comes to what they did on smackdown is uh, everybody could see from a mile away that Shane McMahon, fresh off jury duty, was going to be the uh, opponent for Chad Gable once we knew Elias was out. And he legitimately has an ankle injury. And um, and they put Shane in there. And they still had Chad Gable win. But they ended the show with this big, hey, uh, Kevin Owens, you're fired after he was a special referee um, you know, storyline. When Kevin Owens is not facing Shane McMahon, at Clash of Champions on Sunday. And they ended with this big, you know, storyline that's like, okay, sh- maybe you should have done something for Clash of Champions. I, maybe. I mean, maybe maybe they should have ended with the Kofi Kingston, uh, Randy Orton stuff. See, here's the thing, though. They Not only did they move King of the Ring to Monday, which if you want to try and dispel the whole we don't like tournament stereotype, yeah, this isn't helping. Guys, you ain't like, kidding. It, like, why did this get bumped to Raw? It, it, this is not going to be the thing that's that brings all the ratings back. I'll, I'll tell you a funny thing. I, I was putting together notes for the podcast, and I went uh, to uh, comicbook.com, and I saw that, and the headline was like, wait, what? Like, I didn't know it had happened yet, and I was just like, are you kidding me? And then I was just like, Oh, they, so they've moved the King of the Ring finals, which they've been building up to. 
for Clash of Champions. They moved it, and it's now going to be on Raw. So, hey, at least we have one less uh, match on the pay-per-view on Sunday. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that was about. Um, and then with Kevin, you know, he, he put out a very interesting tweet after he was, quote-unquote, fired with the numbers 14, 24, and 20. And for all you code heads out there, I think you know that if you convert those numbers to the alphabet, they spell the letters NXT. Yeah. Which And wouldn't that just be something? I was looking at that first and I was just like, does he want somebody to rob him from the gym? Is that his lock? Or what what's going on? And then somebody said, Oh, it's NXT. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense. Now we'll see if if he's screwing with people, which Kevin has been known to do and have a little fun at other people's expense on on social media. Or if that's some to it because Kevin went through there and one of his best friends is Adam Cole and they've always wanted to uh, work together and haven't really had great opportunities to do that. So maybe it and, and makes sense for him Ke- to do it. And when Kevin was at God tier level heel, it was an NXT. Yeah. And the other thing is too, I mean, Kevin is very much a family guy. He loves spending time with his wife and his son and uh, his dog. Is that their new uh, bulldog that they have now that he had another? Yes. Picture? And that dog is adorable. Yeah, so, I mean, if you want to keep working and you want to stay closer to your home in Orlando, uh, it could make a lot of sense to work with the NXT brand, considering that the shows are still going to be taped out of uh, Full Sail University right there uh, each and every week. It's certainly something to think about. It makes a lot of sense. I mean, we'll and have to see. what's funny is I just posted a story where Adam Cole said, to me, we're not adding any more members. but. If you were ever going to add a fifth member, well, I, I think it's Kevin. Do they add a fifth member, or does Kevin Cole try to disrupt the Undisputed Era? I don't know why he'd try to dispute it. I think he would disrupt it. I think he would just be like, yeah, I'm going to join you guys. Maybe. I mean, there's there's red herrings all over the place. Like we, I mean, we've seen plenty oh, of those The before. 1119 thing on Firefly Funhouse. Oh, yeah. Did so catch that. Yeah. Explain that one because they put out what, the, the clock said 1119. Well, the clock said, well, Abby the Witch comes out and she's like, my clock's been stuck at 316 ever since Steve Austin came out. And then Bray's like, let me use a hammer. And then he whacks it. And then it changes to 1119. And everyone just goes, that's a weird time to add something what what would those numbers mean and they're like maybe it's a an episode of wwe television no that's a tuesday so it's not even a pay-per-view potentially and they look at the numbers and they go wait a minute november 19th who's synonymous with that date november 19th 1990 one undertaker debuted and Guess who just happened to be on television the next night? So everyone thought that that might be something. Instead, we get Sami Zayn, who my heart weeps for every time he goes out there. I just love the reaction that Sami had and the reaction Taker had when seeing Sami come they, out. Taker's just like, what the hell is this? Yeah, I think the reaction between Taker and Sami was uh, almost as good as the guy in the front row. If you saw where they opened SmackDown, there was... They're showing the front row, and there was one guy who obviously didn't get the memo that Taker was going to be on the show. So, like when the gong hit, the dude literally had a gobsmacked reaction. Like, what? Are you serious? What? 
And I think he had mouth agape. And it wasn't like one of those planned things just to try to get on TV. It was like he really didn't know and was just like, oh, my God, the Undertaker is here. Did he pull a Brock Lesnar guy? No, he did not. He did not do that. Just the, oh. <laughs> he was close to that. But, uh, yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. SmackDown just felt a little bit weird uh, in that where they segmented everything and they left it with the big, you know, Kevin Owens is, is fired. And, you know, I guess we got to see who Shane's going to feud with next if they do, in fact, move Kevin to another brand. You know who they could feud Shane with? Nobody. I want him off my television. You don't want, I mean, I mean, I know that I'm Shane. I'm, I'm tired of the guy, my dude. I, I really am. I am too. I, I will say this though. At least Chad Gable beat him, you know, and he beat him in a way where there wasn't a fast count or whatever. I mean, he earned the first fall and then, and then they, well, they, he, he earned the pin and then they changed it to a, two out of three falls match. And while Kevin was trying to fast count him in the end, Shane tapped out. So at least he earned the victory from that standpoint. So we don't have to worry about that garbage, but Hey, the Miz is beating everybody these days. So maybe, uh, maybe they'll, they'll uh, go back to uh Miz against Shane McMahon. They do have a hell in a cell uh, coming up here. Well, Miz needs to hurry up and get that ninth intercontinental championship ring. Does that'd be a record, right? No, it would tie Chris's, but then, like, two weeks later, he beats Pedro Morales' record. Sure. For most combined days as champion. So, when it comes to Clash of Champions, which is coming up on Sunday, obviously, we now have I keep a- forgetting it's this Sunday. I swear, it's a good, it looks like a great show. I just keep forgetting, oh, wait, that's finally here. I'll tell you how much I keep forgetting that it's this Sunday. Um... I did not make plans originally because I typically do the live blogs for WWE shows on sporting news. And for whatever reason, thought it was another week away. And I'm going out of town this weekend. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so I can't do the live blog. <laughs> so somebody else will be handling that. I mean, I, I think I'm going to be able to watch the show, uh, but I'm not going to be able to do the live blog. And uh, yeah, because I totally screwed that up. But uh, <laughs> going back to Orlando to go hang out with uh, friends and family for the weekend and go see uh, UCF play Stanford in football. Oh, nice. That that city is still standing after Dorian. You mean the storm that was headed straight for it and was going to destroy the whole city and then took a right turn and they didn't even get any rain from it? Yeah, that's it. That's Orlando. Wow. <laughs> Which is great news. I mean, they didn't get hit by it, but... Uh, I, w- I was so caught up in all the jokey Alabama stories that I didn't even keep track of where the storm actually hit besides the pumps. Did you see the stuff from like college football where somebody actually, somebody missed a field goal, like just barely. And somebody took a screenshot of it, took a Sharpie and then extended it and go, here you go. Now it's good. Like extended the goalposts out. Jeez. <laughs> But I mean, we got eleven matches on the pay per view. Um, I'm not going to run. It should be twelve, you daft bastards. Nah, it should be twelve. But um, do we think we're going to get anything of substance from a standpoint of a big storyline or a major championship changing hands? And by I'm not sliding any of them, but I'm not talking about like cruiserweight or US. Do you think that either the Universal Championship or 
the uh, WWE Championship from the men's side or either of the women's championships could change hands? So I think, as far as the women go, I think they're going to pull the trigger and give Sasha the Raw title and let Bailey keep the SmackDown title and have them run together as the dual champion reunited Boston Hug connection. As far as the men go, I think Kofi retains because I think they have plans for him coming up in October. And then there's the universal title thing. And I really sincerely hope that this is not just a, oh, Braun betrayed Seth, and now Dolph and Root are champions, and now Seth has to overcome the odds in their title match. Which starts right now. I don't, I really don't want that. I don't think we're going to get that. I mean, the, I don't think Seth is losing the championship. What I, I kind of would like to see coming out of this, though, is uh, a heel Braun Strowman. Like, no, go that's back to- the thing. I don't want that. We did this crap last year, and it didn't work. It was boring as hell, and it drained all of the momentum that Strowman had fresh out of him. The point where when Roman got sick and had to pull out, they weren't confident enough to go with him. I just look at it and you they, they need more heels on that brand. They need more stars on that brand. Well, yeah, it doesn't do have to be heel or face. Just give me people to care about. And if Braun, if Braun turns again, the big show comparisons are going to start coming out. And you don't want that. Not yeah, at this you- point in his career. Well, I'm wondering. So, I want Here's my test for them. Sure. Pull this off without turning Ron heel. And there's an easy way to do it. I mean, we've talked about it before in that, hey, we don't have to be enemies, but you, I want to be champion and you're the champion. So let's go out there and settle it and see who's the better man. Will they keep it that simple, though? That That's the question. And here's the other thing, too. Like, what do you think? What do you think the situation would have to be for them to pull the trigger and switch the title and put it on Braun? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah. At this point, and it's September, so there's a lot of time, but I have no earthly idea what the world title matches are in April. I, I don't have a clue. The closest thing I can think of to a WrestleMania match right now is the four horsewomen. That's it. Kofi Kingston rematching Brock Lesnar to try to win back his championship. I don't think it takes them that long to get back to that. Yeah. Cause I think that, I think, I think we, that could be settled by Rumble. I think we all agree that, and it seems simple, but there's nothing wrong with that, that the first episode of SmackDown could end with Brock Lesnar attacking Kofi. Certainly could. So I, I mean, I still think Seth is going to leave this with the championship. I think Kofi's going to leave it with the championship. That doesn't make sense to switch those. I think, like you said, the only one that makes cha- uh, sense to change would be Sasha beating Becky. Um, I don't even think Charlotte beating Bailey makes sense right now. But you also have to remember their their thing with Charlotte. Whenever they want to give her a championship, Lord knows they will. They will, but I mean... Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it kills whatever storyline they're trying to tell, they will give a title to Charlotte if they have the opportunity to do so. 
because they want her to get to 16. Yeah, I, I understand that, but it just doesn't feel like the right time. I mean, yeah, of course they could do it. And who knows? I mean, there's been plenty of times where we didn't see it coming and she did win a championship, but I, it just feels like, you know, Bailey didn't win it too long ago. She's just undergone like this character change, which still, it's not like she's acting like a heel necessarily when she goes out there. She's still kind of acting like Bailey. And I don't even know if the crowd really knows how to react to her at this point, but it just doesn't feel like the timing is right on it. So to me, if I think it would be a mistake to do it. doesn't mean that they won't, but it just feels out of place that they actually, you know, took the title off Bailey already. Well, the last time they made a big heel turn, they didn't exactly know what to do with it. No. So their track record is questionable in that regard. So on Monday, what are the chances you think we see King Gable or do we get King Corbin? I really like King Corbin feels like an inevitability. Yes. But they can do a lot with King Gable. They can do so much with an undersized guy who is ridiculously talented red wrestling. And if you're not going to give him a championship, this is how you build him up as a credible threat. Here's the thing that I worry about. If Gable wins that match and becomes the king, I am worried about more of the short jokes, more of the let's put the robe on him. Oh, wait, the robe is way too big and the crown is way too big. And, oh, he looks like a little kid. Pat him on the head. And they try to go that. And then, you know, he has the fat lip like, oh, you know, don't, you know, and I, I don't want to see that. I mean, Chad Gable is better than I that. I, I, I don't think we get the short jokes. I think he turns heel instead and goes, now who's the short one when he's breaking people's ankles? And by the way, the, the next person that's going to feud with Chad Gable is going to be Shane McMahon. I don't know why I didn't think of that probably, before, but yeah. Probably. Yeah, that, that actually makes sense. And then they, God, I, when I talk to Gable, he's like, I don't want to just be Kurt Angle again. But God, there are similarities. Look how he made the, Shane the, tap out. The just, just in the charisma, it's there. Yeah. And it's like, I know you don't want to be Kurt. I know you can't try to repeat Kurt because who the hell can? But man, there's something there that makes me go, if they just if they just tweaked it a little and tried it again, I, I really think they could do something with it. And who's now and it a, was absolutely a mistake to go with Jason Jordan. I will stay stand by that till my dying breath. Well, who is now a you backstage producer? Yeah. I mean, well, you backed the wrong horse. So Well, look at Kurt Angle. Kurt's Kurt's now a backstage producer with the company uh full time. Yeah, he is. So I mean yeah, I mean, King Corbin, though, like you said, it feels inevitable. There's something it about does. it that just feels like it's going to happen. And it's going to piss people off from a standpoint of, dear God, he won it. And on top of that, we're never going to hear the end of it from this dude, you know, mm-hmm. throwing it in everybody's face. However, I, as somebody that I was tired of Corbin as well, I think that he doesn't get credit for being a much better worker. And he embraces the character, and I'm, I'm actually looking forward to seeing a King Corbin, if that's where they go. They they definitely could get mileage out of it. Yes. Step into the world of power, loyalty 
and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So next week, we've got NXT. It's going to be on USA. Like we said, you know, we get it, we get an hour on the USA Network for the next two weeks. Second hour on the network and then or WWE Network. And then after that, we get all two hours you know, on USA, and they'll be going head-to-head with AEW over on TNT. So we get the, the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, they've announced a couple of matches for the first show. And they will fulfill the undisputed prophecy. Sure. Uh, Do you know what that is? Mm, kind of. Do you know what it is? No, what is it? It's So the, Cole has actually been saying it on, on television. It's the... Every member of Undisputed Era has a championship. Sure. Which and Roderick's got to win one. The way there. Yes. Roddy's got to be drink. And mm-hmm. I kind of really want to see it happen. Because they're doing that match. They're doing, is it Io Shirai against Shayna Baszler? It, no, it's uh, Io versus Mia Yim versus Bianca. Okay, there we go. And then they're, all right. all, they're doing uh, Riddle against Killian Dane in a street fight. In a street fight, bro. Bro. Uh, so they're doing that. And I mean, so they're that's a pretty good start to it. But I mean, quite honestly, while they're going to be on USA Network beginning next week, the real beginning to what they're going to be doing and what they're really loading up for is going to be October 2nd, once they're going head to head with AEW. And there's been this overwhelming talk about what's NXT going to look like once it goes to TV. And, you know, WWE keeps saying, like, it, nothing's going to change. Paul Levesque even said, like, nothing is going to change uh, from what we are doing. Uh, he even did an interview with Newsweek where he talked about um, he doesn't expect any differences when it comes to the overall brand. He says people are worried about some of the talent being overexposed. That's not going to happen as well. That um, it's just going to give other guys an opportunity, people that haven't been on TV that much or at all. They're now going to get an opportunity to actually be on TV every week and get chances like other people. I think one of the the really interesting things that that uh, Paul said was we're going to see not only the brand be distinct in the way that it is, but we are going to see some other uh, brands come under it. Like you said, here's a quote NXT UK will sit under that NXT banner as well. Probably two Oh five to breathing some life into it a little bit. That creates three distinct brands, a talent over the course of their career, which hopefully is long where they can migrate from 
one to the other and be invigorated and have fresh starts and then have longer, more meaningful and lucrative careers while staying within the same company. And then when the follow-up question was, so 205 Live will sit under the NXT umbrella? And he said, you'll start to see 205 begin to. So NXT is going to be home for NXT UK and 205 Live talent now. Yeah, and that that was kind of already happening. You know, you saw guys like Pete Dunne and Rhea Ripley's on TV this week from the UK. Uh, you've seen Buddy Murphy come over from 205 Live, and Drew Gulak has done a one-off. And you'll get guys in NXT like Oni Lorcan who will double as 205 Live guys. Like, it's it's already kind of been happening. The, the real question is, how, to what degree does it happen? Do we see the Cruiserweight Championship get defended on NXT? Do we see the UK Championship get defended beyond the once-a-year-a-takeover capacity? You know, it, it, my inclination is that it's going to be more of a one-way street where, hey, if guys from NXT or 205 Live are doing well, we'll bring them over to NXT proper and, you know, use them for whatever we've got. And if we've got people that we don't know what to do with and they're just kind of la- lounging about, then we'll send them to one of these other brands if we think they might be a better fit there. Cassius Ono, case in point. I think we'll see some title defenses. I don't think it'll be necessarily on a regular basis, but I, I think it's going to be kind of like what you said uh, when it comes to talent. I mean, the 205 Live Championship or the Cruiserweight Championship, I could see because it's totally different. Like, people are going to be like, well, what's the difference between the NXT Championship and the NXT UK Championship? You know, there's there's really not that big of a differentiation between those two. But when the you bring in the Cruiserweight title, prestige. Prestige. That, that could be that. But I mean, like, you know, when it comes to talent, like, Tony Storm lost the uh, the UK Women's Championship, so I think we all expect to see her on the NXT brand coming up here. It sounds like Pete Dunne is going to be more of a regular part of NXT. He's even moving to the United States. Um, you know, Rhea Ripley, like you said, she's over there now, more or less. So I think that's what we're going to see more of. Um, there, there's one big fish that, man, if they got him over stateside, there, there'd be money to be made, and it's Walter. And I know he says he doesn't want to be over here. He wants to keep wrestling overseas. He rarely comes to the United States, you know, particularly for NXT UK, you know, stuff. Right. I'll come for the PWG shows and whatnot. But, you know, that's the guy. That is the guy I would love to see NXT fully bring over. I believe he said he's not opposed to doing some stuff in the United States, but it would have to be few and far between when it comes to NXT, like special events. Hence the the, uh, NXT TakeOver New York match. Yeah. You know, so it'd have to be something big and something special like that. So, well, here's some of the other stuff that came out of that interview that um, Levesque did and that he made it sound like um, there's a good chance we're going to see TakeOvers expand from four to six per year which we'll see when that happens. But here's one of the things he didn't talk about, but people have been kind of fishing around because so, you know, the, these um, ticket packages came out for like the Royal Rumble, like the big, you know, travel packages that they do. And one of the notable things in there was not NXT takeover the night before the Royal Rumble, like you would expect. Instead, it was worlds collide. And there is a belief now that 
the NXT takeovers will not be piggybacking off major WWE pay-per-views and they'll be standalones on their own. And then that could be world collide shows. They're going to be there, which whatever those are going to be. And I don't know what exactly those are going to be. I guess it would be like, you know, people from every brand could face one another, you know, on these shows. It's kind of this hodgepodge take whoever and mix it up and, throw it out there just so we can have a show, you know, the night before the rumble or WrestleMania or whatever it's going to be. And I mean, they haven't flat out said this shit, but that's kind of the vibe that everybody's getting is that's what they're going to do. So that's even more content from this standpoint. That's not the theory that I've been hearing. Well, the theory also is too. They want to move takeover to put them head to head with AEW pay-per-views. Exactly. And I've been seeing that from some less than reputable places. And my reaction was, I will believe it when I see it, but I am not going to report that until I do. Right. And, and that's the thing. There is no, you got no proof of that. Well, when they, I, I'm with you. I want, I want to see him say it because to me, there is such a value in the takeover brand that, yeah, you've been picking backing them with these major shows, but that makes it part of a huge weekend. Why people want to go there? It's like, oh, I'm not just going to see the Royal Rumble, but I'm also going to see Takeover. There's there's an added value that comes with that, and I think that has helped really make those shows bigger than life. And then, and on top of that, you watch the shows themselves, and they're these fantastic events and become must see shows. To move them off of that, to me, they're still going to be really good, but there's just it takes away a little bit, I think, to take them off those weekends and put them on standalone. But then if you're doing it to put them on a Saturday night up against AEW shows for that intent purpose, that's kind of like, yeah, I know it's a business move if that's where you go. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, this whole talk has been worry about your own brand, worry about your own thing. Don't worry about the other guys. Or, you know, competition is good. And, you know, They'll do their thing. We'll do, we're we're focused on our thing. We're so focused on our thing that we're going to base our schedule around what they do. Right, and that's the whole thing. Like, are you, don't go out of your way. Like, if, if shows overlap, sometimes fine. And if you want to do a show up against AEW, if you because of the business model, if you want to do like evolve, you know, show like they did before, or if you know, even if that's where the worlds collide things go. Because by the way, when it comes to these worlds collide shows, who's not to say? That some of the other people they partner with that are probably going to be on the network coming up here, they don't have talent from that because you could do evolve. You could, you know, if they start working with Chikara, you know, that that's going to be on the network. You could do that. There's been talk that um, House of Hardcore could be on the WWE network once they introduce the tiers coming up at the beginning of the year. So, I mean, there's all of these other brands that you can utilize, but to to shape the takeover schedule. I got to believe it before I see it or I got to see it before I believe it. But um, that, that the, feels the real test. Weird. Is, the real test is WrestleMania weekend. If there is still a takeover the night before mania and there or the weekend of mania and there absolutely should be, then I think we're fine. And I think maybe they're just trying to de-emphasize some of the other shows. Yeah. And I know they're doing five takeovers a year right now, and it sounds like they're going to do six. I'm, I don't want to be negative on that, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, as, I as like long less. As those shows are staying under or just around three hours. I'm fine. If they're getting into the four and fives, then we've got a problem. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And I, I think triple H knows that too. I, 
I have a feeling that they'll keep it around three, but they'll probably add a match. I think they'll, they might be like six matches, maybe seven occasionally. Even that, that's, I don't know if I'd really do. Stretch and that's got, you've got to have a short, a short one each time then. That's and that's what I don't like, and I don't. I hope the they don't. The thing about NXT it. is that it's a the thing about Takeover is that it's all killer, no filler. You don't have filler matches on those cards, right? And there, there's no reason to have them. You don't need them. They take up time that you could be using well elsewhere. Would you like to take a stab? Uh, what we're going to see when it comes to NXT on October second, not the first week, not next week. But in a few weeks from now, when both hours are on USA Network and they're going up against AEW. I have a feeling Roman Reigns will appear on the show. Oh, and God. he will fight somebody named Bodie Modes, who has blonde hair and a white dog and gets beaten up in five seconds. And then Adam Cole comes out and he fights somebody named Henny Alpha. And he beats him up. I don't think we're going to see that. Do you see where I'm going with this? (laughs) It better be. (laughs) That's pretty transparent where you're going with that. Yeah. I better not do something like that. I don't. I don't. Or or you'll just get Corey Graves on commentary going. If you like all elite, you're a loser. (laughs) What's up, Saxton? Our programming is more than elite. It's NXT. Yeah. By the way, I don't think we're going to see as much of uh, of Corey coming up here because it sounds like they're going to make the uh, the broadcast teams um, unique for each brand. Good, and I if they go back to two man booths, that's even better. You that's don't not need, you, you don't need three. You I, never needed three. I know you don't, but they keep doing. They even introduced who was the new person they introduced on two hundred five live because Nigel's off there. Oh, Dio, somebody right? The guy took his name from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Sure, you don't know what that is. But but why did they need a third person on there? You already you got Vic and you got he used to play in the NFL, Brian. And we need stars, God. Yes. <laughs> it's like no, I, I, I think for October second, they just go with the best show possible. I, I will bet you Cole has to put on an NXT championship match. Wouldn't be shocked if there's a tag title match or something that's like a number one contenders for that. Uh, we we don't. The only takeover left we have for the year is War Games, correct? Yes. Then it's it's just balls to the wall until then. I think Kevin yeah. Owens is going to be mixing it up with Adam Cole for that championship. That'd be some, or Champa. We get Tammy Champers back. I, you know, as much progress as he has made, and we keep talking about that, I. I think that they have to err on the set of caution and who knows how close he is to even taking bumps. I mean, that's probably going to be a very well-regarded secret. I don't, I don't know if we're going to see uh Tommaso until 2020. Dude looks just fine on social media and you don't have to have him take bumps. You just have to have him get out there and beat the living bejesus out of Gargano with fill in weapon here. Or even if he just went out there and cut a promo a couple of times or whatever, even if it doesn't do anything physical yet. I want Goldie back, goddammit. Well, I want to see that angle too. And by the way, yeah, he looks like a million dollars. So does Dwight Howard. It doesn't mean I want him on the Lakers because I don't want that lame brain on my team, okay? Well, Dwight Howard is just 
I, I won't even say, but <laughs> there's a big difference between the two. Okay. There is a world of difference between the two. Tommaso Ciampa is not just a stout defensive player. Uh, he can he can shoot the ball if he wants to. Dwight Howard would be yeah. very happy if somebody actually gave him that title, being a stout defensive player at this point in his career. Formerly stout defensive. Formerly, yes, very much. Also, one of the more awkward people you will ever see, especially in the NBA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Uh, you know, so we're getting NXT coming up on Wednesday nights. We're getting AEW coming up on Wednesday nights as well. Uh, SmackDown's going to be moving to Fridays. We all know that the lineup is going to be increasing. And now we have to wonder if we're going to get even more wrestling during the week because Impact's finally going to have a new television home, it looks like. Anthem Sports and Entertainment, their parent company, bought a majority share of Access TV. And now everybody's wondering, okay, what are they going to do with Impact? Because it seems like a foregone conclusion. They're going to put Impact on this channel. It's just a matter of when do they do it and what night do they do it? And looking at from where i'm at right now what makes sense from my standpoint tuesday nights from 8 to 10 p.m eastern seems like it makes the most amount of sense but this is impact wrestling so we'll see what they do question are we talking live are we talking pre-tape like what ring of honor does are we talking studio like what nwa is talking about um do they dare try to tour like what I, I think what, they've got to get their the business process here. Yeah. I, I don't think it could be live. I think it's got to be pre-taped. And when it comes to touring, I, I think they've got to up their business. The, the thing is though, it's so interesting about from this standpoint is that all these other companies like AEW is going to be making money from their television rights. Or you would think it, theirs is a little bit based on a, uh, an ad share based on the ratings. WWE obviously is making, you know, oodles of money off of the, you know, selling, you know, their show. That's where the money is, is in uh, broadcast rights. And yet, Impact's not going to be making any money on broadcast, right? Because their parent company is putting them on a channel that they already own. May I cannot tell you how Impact still exists. I, do, I don't understand it. It is one Nobody of the knows. great mysteries of life. You can have a hit show like Firefly get canceled after one season and have a decade and a half of people begging it to come back. You can have a hit show like ECW crumble because of bad financial decisions. You can have WCW go under because of a laundry list, a book's worth of bad decisions. I've got that book lying around here somewhere. And on top of that, network executives just not wanting to deal with wrestling anymore. And yet... The company that has documented so many bad ideas, so many leadership changes, so many network changes, so much money being poured in by various wealthy people, 
all amounting to maybe the fourth biggest promotion in the country. Maybe. Maybe. You were second at one point. You took a swing and you missed, and you haven't stopped falling from that swing since. You've got people in your company begging to get out of their contracts right now. You got people not getting paid for certain things. And yet, and yet, Brian, here we stand in September of 2019, and we've got news that Impact lives. And not only does it live, it's going somewhere bigger. It is September of 2019, Brian. And we're still about impasse it's not only moving to a different network it's moving to a bigger network that they now own and when was the last time you talked to somebody who said boy i can't wait to watch impact wrestling on twitch i can't wait to watch impact wrestling on the pursuit channel right after deer hunters quarterly I do not care about this company. And I think when people say they wish Impact would die, they are not asking for people to lose their jobs. What they want is for those those talented people, that obscenely talented roster, they want all those people to go get hired elsewhere. Because they want to see that talent not spend time here where they will wallow in obscurity and go somewhere where they could actually do something that gets people, gets butts in seats and gets eyes on television screens. Lie to me and tell me Tessa Blanchard isn't a moneymaker for AEW or WWE. Lie to me and tell me that Killer Cross could be making a killing in either company right now. Lie to me and tell me that half those guys that X Division, I don't even know if it's still called the X Division. A bunch, there's a ton of talent there. It's obscene. And it is frustrating to watch and, the ownership go and, and do what will. they've done and the yo-yo back and forth of wondering, are they going to survive? Are they not going to survive? What's going on this week? Where are they going to be on TV? All of that. It, it's every, it's mind-boggling. Every time, every time you think it's done, every time you can't think it's gotten any worse and you think they're finally going to pull the plug and try again, somewhere else with different people. Somebody with a lot of money comes in and says, hey, I'm so smart, I can fix all of it. And then they don't. And the cycle begins anew. I'm, I, I'm just I'm just tired, Brian. I'm tired of it. I am. I haven't cared about Impact Wrestling since 2013. And here we are. I'm somebody that was very close to that company from the standpoint that Living in Orlando and I'm doing all the tapings at Universal Studios. I was around it all the time. And they I was there for all of those shows when AJ Styles and Samoa Joe and Christopher Daniels and the Motor City Machine Gun and Beer all, Money. Oh, beer money. I mean, all of these guys uh were were out there and you're like, this feels like something different and something special. And it's like stay in your lane and you're gonna do good business and the ratings were starting to grow. They, they were never going to be WWE. And then they decided, hey, let's go out there and let's hire some of the people from WCW. Let's bring in, you know, the, the veterans and let's go let's up against in, WWE. Let's bring in the nasty boys. That'll oh, fix everything. Good Lord. But they did all these different things. It's just like, guys, stop looking backwards. Look forward. You've got something different that people will embrace, that people like, that people 
uh, want to see continue to grow. It doesn't mean there aren't some people you could you cherry pick and bring in. I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing in Christian at the time. I don't think there's anything wrong with Kurt Angle. The problem was when you brought him in, you minimized those guys and made them feel like they were just anybody else that was on the roster. But I'm with you. They got a ton of talent. It's just they've they've been so herky jerky when it comes to what they're doing and where you can watch them and leadership and all those different things that it just becomes tiresome. And it's just like. Why should I believe you? Why should I believe that anything's going to be different? You know, you mentioned the talent. This is where I can give my cheap plug for my interview with Killer Cross, which everybody can check out over on Sporting News. But look at that interview where even at one point he talks about they had this meeting back in January where management said, if nobody, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. Like you can, you can walk. If somebody isn't happy, we'll let you walk. And a couple of months later, he went to them and said, I'm not happy. There's things that were promised. I did not get them. I want to walk. And his girlfriend, Scarlett Bordeaux, did the same thing. They said, Scarlett, you are free to walk. Here's your release. Cross, you're staying. And you better bleed for us, or we're going to be mad at you. How about the part where he talked about he wanted somebody in the company wanted him to stand on the apron and take a shot right between the eyes with a cane without putting his hands up? I'm like, that's dangerous, man. That's, that's crazy. That's smart. I mean, if somebody wants to do that, good for you. But man, he ain't gonna do that. You know, he no. didn't. He didn't want to blade. He explained his. His. I mean, he doesn't want to blade regardless. He doesn't like that, and I totally get that. But on top of that, like right before that, there had been this outbreak of outbreak of uh, hepatitis C in the indie scene, and he was very nervous about it. So he didn't want to do that. He expressed his nervousness, and finally, they worked it out where they used fake blood, but. There, there, there's a ton of issues that are going on with him, and I don't think they're unique to him when it comes to some of the frustrations of talent, when it comes to their contracts, their money, and, and what's going to be going on there. I mean, hey, okay, they're going to be on, um, sooner they're going to be on Access TV. It's, it's a more stable home, obviously, because their parent company owns it. I mean, Access TV is on 40 to 50 million homes in the United States, I believe. So that's better than what they were getting, but it's just like, all right, show me what you got now. You know, once you get on there and let's see what night they're going to be on. I mean, I mentioned Tuesday nights from 8 to 10. It makes a lot of sense considering that it's been a wrestling night with SmackDown. I don't know if that's going to happen because they could put them on Saturday nights and continue this block with WoW Wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. And if I mean, that even continues. Right. And that that's another question because there's questions about what's going on with New Japan. I mean, I've heard a couple of different things when it comes to how long their contract is. I one of the things I've heard is that their contract, you know, ends in January. Um, so if that's the case, like are they gonna want to keep New Japan wrestling around? Or are I mean, are they gonna treat this like they did the fight network and that Anthem bought uh, or Anthem owned the Fight Network, and then once they bought Impact Wrestling, they said, "This is our gold mine." And Fight Network, which you know was unique programming, talking about MMA and talking about wrestling, and you had all these different. Um, I used to listen to Law every week. Right, you had all these different personalities that were on there, and all these different shows covering. You know, you got you know in depth coverage about so many different things, and they just said, "Well, we brought an Impact, uh, so now since we that was a." a big ticket item. We got to change everything here. So they fired just about everybody out there and made it, you know, all about impact. And, you know, now you're wondering like, could they do the same thing here? It's normal. And it's very unfortunate that you see when one company buys another, that they're going to be layoffs. And we have seen that it looks like the whole Dallas headquarters for access is 
going to be gone or out of jobs. There are questions about who else is getting cut or already did, you know, because Anthem believes that there's overlapping jobs. There's a lot of talented people that have been with Access for a long period of time that are gone. But now you're sitting going, okay, what are they going to do? I mean, do they want to make this like Fight Network and it's going to be all about impact? Do they want other wrestling on there? What What's going to happen? I mean, I don't watch WoW, but what's going to happen with WoW? They're getting ready to do more tapings. What's going to happen with New Japan Pro Wrestling coming up here? Are they going to be able to remain there considering that New Japan doesn't exactly have the best relationship with Impact Wrestling considering the way they use some of their talent, including Kazuchika Okada and wasted him? Don't, don't you mean Okada? Sure. Yeah, Okada. Oh, I mean, don't you mean the great Sonata? <laughs> or no limits which had yoshihashi and freaking tetsu and Ido. <laughs> i think it was yoshihashi yeah. i think you're right but i mean so there's all these questions like is new japan could even stay on the network could they i mean what are they gonna do there i mean i mean i'm not i don't know so i'm not i i'm i don't want to make a misconception about like oh well they're gonna do this but i mean hey i guarantee that there are questions especially from the new japan style side like what's going to happen here are we going to get some insurances and like i said i don't know what their contract status is and i've heard a couple of different things so i mean i'm I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that new japan wasn't on access tv would not be happy And, and to me if i'm if i'm impact in hey okay i've got other wrestling that's on my my channel that my parent company owes. So be it. Use that as a stepping stone to see if you can try to repair this relationship with New Japan Pro Wrestling and see if you can do something there. Especially for a promotion that is sincerely trying to make some sort of impact here in the States, but outside of California and San Francisco really can't do it. Yeah. And then, you know, and here's another thing too. Everybody keeps wondering what's going to happen with the Ring of Honor. And I mean, Sinclair, their parent company, not too long ago, um, got the uh, regional uh, Fox Sports Networks from around the country. Yep. So, so now everybody's like, well, could they put a ring of honor there? Yeah, they could. And if they want to, great. But the thing that I would urge is, can we find a night or a day of the week and a time that's pretty similar in all the different time zones to air that damn show and do it on a regular basis week to week so we can get some kind of singularity and some regularity with when it comes to ring of honor programming rather than having a hunt and peck all over the place where it's going to be uh i mean there's already some talk that their budget is getting increased again so they can try to keep some of their talent because i mean there's there's guys whose contracts are coming up at the end of the year between pco and bandito and mark haskins and you know i'm sure they want to make competitive offers to those guys and maybe even bring in other talent i'm sure so hey, if they can get more money great and we just got to see how they spend it and what that roster is going to look like yeah, that, there's a giant question mark there when it comes to Ring of Honor because, like you said, there was a boatload of guys that they brought in la- at, this, at the end of last year and at the start of this year to compensate for the fact that they were losing Rhodes, the Bucks, Page, the Best Friends, Omega in some respects. Like They needed a reload of talent. And for some, it worked. Roosh is a legit star. And if I hope to God he's not one of these guys on a one-year deal because they have spent the entire year building up this guy. And the answer for him is to win the title of Death Before Dishonor. I agree. I, I think Bandito is a legit star, and I hope they do something. Bandito's a him. legit star. Jeff Cobb's a legit star. You do not let him get away. Yeah. 
And I mean, uh, Mar- you're go- you're you're gonna lose Marty. Like you need to accept that reality. You are losing Marty. I mean, I don't know where Marty's gonna go, and I think that's. I mean, I would well, all be- of his friends are dead. But they're dead over at a very successful company right now. So AEW seems to be the favorite, but I don't know. I mean, I, I if I had to put money on it right now, I guess I would say AEW. But I don't know how much money WWE would be willing to spend on a guy like him, especially now that NXT is going to be on TV. Do they do they look at him as somebody saying, "Hey, we will um, we will break the bank to bring in a Marty Scurll"? He thinks Whoop Whoop is stupid, so. Triple H, we know this to be true. That's true. Our thing was cool. Your thing's stupid. <laughs> uh, speaking like, of AEW. so stupid, why do they do it everywhere? Yeah. Speaking of AEW, uh, I know one thing that you are very excited about. Yes. If somebody that lives in Nashville, AEW yes. is coming to your neck of the woods. About bloody time. It was confirmed earlier this week. They are coming to the Nashville, Nashville Municipal Center. Down in downtown Nashville, just a couple blocks away from the Bridgestone Arena, which if WWE is ever in Nashville, that's where they will go. This was, going with the Municipal was kind of what I expected. It's a it's an arena that is just shy of 10,000 seats. Um, it's an old school arena. It's not not too flashy by any means, but it can hold a lot of people and it's still in pretty good working condition. Great location, and it was where Ring of Honor was going up until fairly recently. And if you'll recall the Honor for All event that took place in 2018, that was the Nick Aldis versus Flip Gordon match for the NWA World Championship. If Flip won, he'd get to go to All In and fight Cody, but he lost, and it continued that storyline of, will someone, for the love of God, please book Flip? So. Uh, it, it's it's the right choice, I think. I mean, I thought maybe because it's the first show after their next pay-per-view that they might want to go with a basketball arena again. Because the only sizable arena they're going to right now is Capital One. Everything else after that is either a college arena or something a little bit on the smaller side, about 10,000, about the Sears Center size. Um, and this fits right in with that. The, the, I'm very curious to see how tickets go for this one because when Ring of Honor went there, it was about half full. I never saw any numbers, but it was it was by no means a sold out house. Plenty of empty seats, especially in the upper decks, um, and not all, and a lot of older fans. You know, for a town that is getting more and more younger because more and more people are moving to it, uh, it was a lot of old school fans, a lot of guys that seemed to, you know, responded to some of the older guys and they responded to Cody because he's Dusty's kid. And, you know, they they remembered the the days of the NWA and it's it really felt like an old school crowd. And. Not only is Ring of Honor's crowd there getting smaller because they went from 10,000-seat arena to a renovated fairgrounds and maybe had 400 people, if I'm being very generous, uh, just a couple weeks ago. And I was at that show, and 
you know, the seats filled up. But at the same time, I was like, man, I was just such a guy. And you kind of, the crowd has gotten smaller. And it's unfortunate. And I hope they bounce back. But that's the reality I saw when I was there. And on top of that, Nashville doesn't have a definitive promotion. It's not Memphis. Memphis has had Memphis Championship Wrestling for decades. Nashville had TNA there for a hot second. And it was even still based out of Nashville there for a while. But that's not the case anymore. They've gone and shipped up off to Canada. There is no Nashville Championship Wrestling. There's one promotion I know of that consistently operates called SUP, which is somewhat connected to GCW. And they'll do shows at one of the secondary concert halls with a couple hundred people once every month and a half or so. And you'll see guys like Logan Stunt. And I think Nick Gage was at a show a couple months ago. Like it, It's that level of what we're dealing with here. But there is no like, oh, we're, we're selling out the, the municipal once a month, 10,000 seats, no problem. No, nothing like that. And when WWE comes, yeah, it's a thing. It's not, a, it's not an all-consuming event. You know, it, ju- it just feels like one of the many, many events that comes to this city every year. And I'm so I, on top of all of that, I'm curious to see how this crowd, somewhat of an old school fan base, looks at AEW. If that thing sells out in a day like some of these other venues have, I'm sitting real pretty if I'm AEW. But if it's if there's if it's about half full and it's a it's a lukewarm response. You know, I, I'm I'm curious is what I'll say. Well, I'll say this too. When it comes to AEW, I think they've been very careful in the uh, places they've targeted, especially early on for where they've gone. And that's why they focused up in the Northeast is that they've already seen that they've trended well there when it comes to people that have uh, signed up for the BR Live app and different things like that. Sooner or later, they have to branch out. And I think this is like one of those steps. where what- this, is, this is a classic wrestling town. You yes. can't skip Nashville. You ju- you, you're doing Charlotte. You got to do Nashville. You got to do Atlanta. You got to do Memphis. I think at some point, you, you don't really have to do Knoxville because then it would just be at the university. That would be too um, small, then you, I think, yeah. Then you got to go south. You got to hit Florida. You, ah, you got to hit Florida. Oh, absolutely. Like I mean, you got to hit Atlanta. I yeah. mean, there's all these different areas and you can just see, but I mean, this is where I think when it comes to like Charlotte, Nashville and stuff like that, that's where you really start to see like how well they're doing because um, it it is something when it comes to those markets, they're, AEW is kind of a different kind of wrestling for those markets. But also at that point, the promotion is going to be on TV for a couple of months. You know, at that point, just about, yeah. So you know, I think that that uh, explains a lot too. Month. Yeah, It'll full be. month. So you, you start to get a little bit more of okay, we know what the product is now, and, and I know that the tickets are going on sale now, and they're not going to be on TV yet for several weeks. But I think you start to get a little bit more of a feel when it comes to that. One other thing, when it comes to AEW, you know, Cody made this point in an interview recently, saying, "Hey, yeah, I know I'm supposed to challenge for the AEW Championship against Chris Jericho at our next pay per view, but." That's not set in stone because we do things off wins and loss record. And if I lose on TV, maybe I don't have that. And so, I, so, I get where he's coming from, but I, I, I don't believe him in this case. <laughs> so my thing with that, and I have seen people, I've seen people in our industry talk about this, where they're like, I don't get what the wins and losses thing means. Why don't you further explain it? I'm like, look, 
it is going to matter as much as they say it matters. And if you start questioning it, the answer is going to be you are overthinking it. Cody is going to fight Jericho barring a Moxley situation. It's going to be Cody Jericho here in a a month at full gear. And everything leading up to that is going to help build that. Jericho's going to win his title match in Philadelphia. I think it's Philly. Whoever that's against, we don't know. Cody's going to win or tie with Sammy. And then we just move on from there. Like, this is a... this company does not strike me as one that is going to keep changing stuff week after week after week. Yeah, I agree with you there. I And I also want to bring up this point, too. I saw this week's Being the Elite. Uh, they're doing weird stuff with Kenny Omega, where now Kenny's like... He's like in a prom outfit. Yeah, he's I don't the, care if I lose. I, I just want people to, to cheer for me. And this, he's doing this like this weird thing. downward spiral. Yes, that's that's basically what it also, is. So I don't think he drinks. So I think that's what they're implying. Yeah, is that now he's on? Now he's off the wagon, right? And then the other thing is too that I know that they've said we don't have heels and baby faces here necessarily, but the young bucks start talking about we've got this tag team tournament coming up, and we're you know we're the favorites, and we should be the favorites, saying you know we've been the best tag team in the world for the last ten years, and. Yeah, you know, private parties coming and good talented team and they've got some flashy moves and, you know, people always want to look for the next team. It's just like, why do you want to look at them? Like, what have you done? Look at us and we're the best and la la la. It's there was like these shades of being a little bit of heel or having a little bit more of an edge that we haven't seen from the Bucks in a while. Now you can just see them working that in. I was like, well, that's a that's a totally different layer than we've seen from the Bucks. The, the big thing from them, right? I'm I'm waiting for two things from AEW right now, and I'm shocked we haven't gotten either. One is the bracket for this World Tag Team Tournament. What? Why is this not here already? This should have been made the day after all out. I'm. We know one match. We know when the semifinals are going to be, and we know when the finals are. We just only know two of the teams, and you've kind of hinted on social media that some other teams are going to be in it, but I, I'm like. So is it a four-man bracket? Is it an eight-man, eight-team bracket? Is it a 16-team bracket? Are we getting crazy here? You've got a bye week somewhere. Where does that bye fit into all of this? We, I'm waiting on that. Number two is the name of the show. You tell us there's going to be a name of the show. You're three, it's three weeks from tonight. All this advertising is going on. All this writing is going on. If you Google AEW right now, AEW on TNT is one of the big things. That's what the show is being recognized as. What's the name of the show? Is it Dynamite? Is it Revolution? Do you think it's going to be Wednesday Night Dynamite? It's explosive, Ryan. It explodes into your homes through television. You remember Impact had a show called Explosion that was on overseas. That was a syndicated show. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, I've mentioned this Our, before. Little known fact. Um, I came up with the name for that show. That's a true story. Did you really? Yes, I did. Holy crap. Somebody within the company hit me up and hit a couple other people up one time back in the day and said, hey, we're trying to think of a name for our syndicated show. And I said, so, okay. so what you're saying is Jerry Lynn called you one time. No, and asked, it, was, it was somebody with it was somebody, uh, somebody in the office. And I think they hit up a couple other people. And I said, let me spitball some names. I started throwing did, some did stuff he, up there. Were his initials the same in his first name as his last name. No, 
Okay. They were not. Um, so it was not Did, Jeff Jarrett. Did like to play guitar? <laughs> no, it was not Jeff Jarrett. But okay. I, re- I remember I like, Jeff Jarrett. I, I remember I like threw out a couple of things and finally at one point I said explosion and they go, yeah, let's take the E off. Take the E off. Just start with the X explosion. And that was the name. Uh, hey, I'm also the guy who helped come up with the name of the Canadian enforcer for uh, for Robert Rude, for Bobby Rude. Who was it? I came up with the nickname for oh. him. But <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. I was interviewing Bobby one time, you know, before a show, and we were talking about like him when he was growing up and who he liked and whatever. And I said, uh, he was talking about, yeah, a lot of people talk about Kurt Henning, and I like Kurt. And I go, you remind me of like. To me, you're like a modern day Arn Anderson, you know, because of this and this. And I tell him like body type and some other stuff. He's like, oh, the enforcer, love the enforcer. What I didn't know is earlier in the day, somebody from the company said, hey, we need you to think of a nickname for yourself. We want you to have a nickname. So off of that, he, the enforcer thing got in his head because it was told to me about this later. And he went to them. He said, I want to be nicknamed the enforcer. And they go, the Canadian enforcer. And henceforth was the Canadian enforcer, Bobby Roode. And soon he became, hey, isn't that Rick Roode's kid? No, nah, it's just his name. That's my contributions uh, to Impact. Between that and when they had the, um, uh, the basically the leather strap match, it was the um, the fans' revenge match between Samoa Joe and Jeff Jarrett. To where, oh, when everybody had the straps? That um, If you watch, there's one person that chased Jeff Jarrett around and lit him up like a Christmas tree. That was me. <laughs> God, so my words about impact earlier, did those hurt you? I'm sorry, no, Brian. Not at all. Okay. Not at, trust me, I'm uh, I'm a very harsh critic of theirs and they know it. Uh yeah. no, I mean, and the funny thing was I wasn't supposed to be in that match and I didn't want to be in matches. They were shorthanded. So they asked me and a friend, like, hey, can you guys do this? And I said, sure. So you gave everybody the rules, like, don't hit anybody in the face and only hit them when they come out of the ring and Fine, you know. This this is like when I see jobbers on WWE now, and I'm just like, and that guy on the left would go on to be NXT champion. Right. And and the funny thing is, is like, so like the, the camera guy's there before the match, and they're like showing a couple of people with the straps. And I'm like, man, these people are doing it wrong. So I take I take the leather strap, and I start snapping it. And they like do a close-up. And I'm snapping, you know. Like, I, you know, I'm like, I got it. And by the way, the part of the ring where I'm standing in, I'm right in front of Dixie Carter. And Jeez. when Jeff slid out of the ring at one point, he was to my left. There was only one other person to my left, and that person hit him in the back, and Jeff decided, I'm going to run around the ring, so everybody got a swing at him. Well, everybody else stood stationary and hit him in the back while I ran by. Not me. This is a fan's revenge match. I hit him, and I kept hitting him, and I chased him around, and I kept hitting him with that damn leather strap. and. I will say this, I legit felt bad the next day when I saw a picture of his back, but I lit him up. And the funny thing is um, that I guess they watched Jeff and other people from the company like watched the match back like that night or the next day. And as they're watching and before they got to that point, they go, hey, who's the guy that like chased me around the ring? And they go, I think Terry Taylor was the guy who goes, that was Fritz. And it's like, <laughs> what? So I'm going to go beat his ass. Well, I think the next time I went to a tapings and I was like in the alleyway behind the building, I got set up and then I'm out there. And then suddenly it became like, um, like the wild, wild west. And it was like 
just, you know, the, the tumbleweed going through and nobody else is around. Everybody was kind of hiding in doorways. And what I didn't realize was that Jeff Jarrett legit snuck up behind me, took off the belt he was wearing, doubled it over and whacked me in the back. <laughs> And he was like, you got 99 more of those coming, boy. <laughs> it's a running joke between man. me and Jeff now. but Oh, yeah. man. It's, it, yeah, I would have turned around and like, really? No guitar? Come on. I'm I know. And, and I was once or twice. I was in the Eric Young uh, motorcade of people doing the, the funky dance around with the finger pointing in the air. Because there were short people. So I did that. A couple, I did that once or twice. Yeah, I lowered my Where, Where's your IMDb page, Brian? What the hell? I know. Where are my residual checks? Oh, so am I? Am I wrong to to ask for these two things from AEW? No, absolutely not. I did stuff that I think we all want to see. Okay, I, I want to see it. I'm looking around, going like, shouldn't advertisers know what the name of the show is? Like now? Yeah, before I can bring it up on my channel guide, and it just says AEW. I know it, it. It's so weird. Like you think you would have this by now. I mean, the the like bracket we were, thing is one thing, but like to not have the name yet, like out there. It, and we were the thing is, we were there at Starcast and at All Out, and there was advertising for it everywhere. There was a there was a huge display right when you walked in, and it just said AEW on TNT. I'm like, is that what it's called or not? Because you're telling me there's a name. Because what's the name for uh, for SmackDown on Friday nights? SmackDown. No, but is it like Friday Night SmackDown or? I think they're just calling it Friday Night SmackDown. I think SmackDown I think on Fox. Part, I think the live part is finally getting taken away. Are they going to use the NFL on Fox music? Well, it's it's the same music they use for for the uh, MLB playoffs on Fox. Will they use that music for WWE? I, for I hope not. Will the robot be there? Will the animated so, robot be there? Hot take: CBS has a world's better theme. For football than Foxes. I think I think NBC has the best presentation, yeah. but I think I like CBS's song the best. Foxes is always just like over the top and just goofy. Oh, it's like glaring the robot in your thing face. has always been goofy. Right. And well, it's like but it like it starts with trumpets and it goes wow. Like you're trying too hard here. The the uh, the CBS one sounds more old school but grandiose. It, it feels da, like da, 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 like it builds. Da, 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 and then, da, and then is like you're at the end of the week. It's like da, 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 I'm tone deaf, and I apologize to our listeners right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you can always go with the traditional Monday Night Football music as well. But we could just do a show where we talk about wrestling music. I feel like we get on on that tangent every week. Oh, we could. That's that's very easy to do. I know that you're an aficionado of it. So uh, yes. I'll tell you what. Um, I know I said we weren't going to do this, but I'm going to do it very quickly. We are going to take a couple questions from the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash between the ropes, because I, I hit refresh and a couple other questions came up here. So let me just fire off a couple and then we'll wrap this up. Deal. Um, Francis asks, uh, <laughs> With Anthem getting a major stake on access, what do you, what will we see first? Mark Cuban or Steve Harvey at Bound for Glory or Impact Stars on Family Feud? Mind you, Steve Harvey is part of the partnership now when it comes to the ownership group. Well, I think Cuban's days of taking bumps are over after that table spot. 
like yeah. in 2010. Do you know, you know that when uh, Impact taped at Soundstage 21, originally for the longest time it was 21 at Universal Studios, and then later it was 19. Do you know that the building right across from it is where they taped Family Feud? Ha! <laughs> Let's play a few. Because we always joked about like them having like a uh, a Falls Count Anywhere match, and I said, just break into the Family Feud building while they're taping. Let's do it. <laughs> uh let's see do you think we could see nxt uk have the tv spot on the network where nxt was going to be um no because they're, they're going to be replaying nxt on the network just 24 yeah. hours after it airs um did you watch the adrian street special who adrian street who come on i i'm young i'm i'm but a wee 26 i don't know who that is legendary figure it, they did a special on for the wwe network Okay, I don't know. I, I I've never heard of. I I I know the name. I don't know anything about Adrian Street. Yeah. No. Uh, what are you looking forward to seeing um, if they do a tier uh, for the WWE Network? The part where my company pays for it and I don't have to. Oh, that's always nice, right? Well, uh, there's a com- we, there's a company one at the office that we use for shows. Oh, okay. So I've never. I've always every pay per view I cover, I'm covering at the office, so I've never had to fork over ten bucks a month. How hype is Connor for the finale of Doomsday Clock? Gosh, you know I haven't actually been reading it. I'll tell you what event I have been reading that I absolutely love, and if you're not reading it, you should. It's called Deceased. It is DC's take on the zombie apocalypse type story. It's done by Tom Taylor. It is beautifully done. It, it brings something entirely new, a new concept, a new idea to the woefully overdone zombie genre. It's a new take. It's It's got comedy, but it's a dark comedy, but it's not like, oh, somebody saved you. And then they die tragically, horribly. No, nothing like that. No, it's they've got a definitive tone for it. And it's it's got it's had some gut punches for emotional moments and it is just it's my favorite event of the year tied right up there with everything hickman is doing with house of x and power of 10 and the absolute carnage event that's going on right now with donny cates brian you look like i'm speaking spanish here right now so this is all comic book stuff right i have not touched doomsday clock because i heard it sucked right when it started and i know it's still going on i know the delays stopped it from ending way after it was supposed to once it's its whole thing and the trade is out, I'll read it. I don't think it's, you know, whatever they're trying to do with what Dr. Manhattan did to the new 52 and rebirth and all that. It feels like DC has already moved on from that in other ways. So in the end, I don't think this is going to matter all that much. Kind of like the Watchmen prequels. The last time we try to bring all these guys back. I just nod my head and agree with yeah, everything just, you said. I was like, you're just nodding your head. I'm like, don't nod your head like you know what I'm mm. talking about. I'm just nodding you haven't my head. You have been in the trenches of comic book stores like I have. <laughs> I've uh, I've never read comic books. Well, you, you're missing out on a wonderful medium. I know. Even though it's really stupid at times. Uh, let's end with these last two from uh, Al Al Sharif. Um, do you think that WWE Network may air episodes of the new NWA studio wrestling show to fill the void that NXT will leave when moving to USA Network. I don't think, like I said, I don't think any show is going to be filling the void of NXT because they're going to be airing the replays on the network. Um, 
But that's an interesting idea about the NWA. It certainly is. I NWA has made no indication that they're partnering up with WWE. I don't know what a partnership like that does because they have guys specifically under contract, like all this, like Storm, like Eli Drake. Do they suddenly just become WWE employees? Can they show up on other stuff? I'm not. I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't know if it's so cut and dry that they can just buy the show. I guess that's something we'll have to see what happens because hey, they they're gonna have working relationships with other groups. So they already do with Evolve. We've heard House of Hardcore. We've heard Chikara as possibilities, and we'll see what else could be out sure there. Are we sure about House of Hardcore? Because that's Dreamer's thing, and he's with Impact. Dreamer's with every company. I saw him at AEW. Uh, he does Impact. He does House of Hardcore. He's a producer for MLW. If I'm sure that there's like five other indies that he's works with. Dreamers and everywhere. busted open radio. Don't forget. Dreamer is here. He is there. He is everywhere. That's the, and that's he is there on Twitter getting made fun of for being fat by Bully Ray. Yes. And here's the last question. This is an interesting one. You'll appreciate it. How will SmackDown Live shift to Friday nights and the upcoming Wednesday night war affect between the ropes programming? Will you have to change your recording schedule accordingly? That's a Boy, very interesting question. Ain't that just a fascinating question, Brian? One we don't have the answer to. And the answer to that that we have right now is stay tuned. Exactly. On that note, we will wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts at, on your Apple devices, on your Android devices. Uh, we're on Spotify with the TuneIn app. We are on uh, iHeartRadio, all of those fantastic places. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and please uh, share with others and get them to subscribe. I don't care what you have to do. Just make them do it. And uh, follow us on social media. You can follow Connor. He's on Twitter at Connor Casey underscore CB. I am at Brian Fritz. And of course you can follow the show at uh, between the ropes on there. And on top of that, you can go over to comicbook.com backslash WWE to see Connor's work and his staffs over there covering wrestling. And uh, you can check out all my work over at sporting news. So thanks everybody. And as we said before, stay tuned. We'll talk to you sometime soon. Peace.